the appendix number one and number two of experiments and observations on different kinds of air by joseph priestley this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain the appendix in this appendix i shall present the reader with the communications of several of my friends on the subject of the preceding work among them i should with pleasure have inserted some curious experiments made by dr hulm of halifax on the air extracted from buxton water and on the impregnation of several fluids with different kinds of air but that he informs me he proposes to make a separate publication on the subject number one experiments made by mr hay to prove that there is no oil of vitriol in water impregnated with fixed air it having been suggested that air arising from a fermenting mixture of chalk and oil of vitriol might carry up with it a small portion of the vitriolic acid rendered volatile by the act of fermentation i made the following experiments in order to discover whether the acidulous taste which water impregnated with such air affords was owing to the presence of any acid or only to the fixed air it had absorbed experiment one i mixed a teaspoonful of syrup of violets with an ounce of distilled water saturated with fixed air procured from chalk by means of the vitriolic acid but neither upon the first mixture nor after standing twenty-four hours was the colour of the syrup at all changed except by its simple dilution experiment two a portion of the same distilled water unimpregnated with fixed air was mixed with the syrup in the same proportion not the least difference in colour could be perceived betwixt this and the above-mentioned mixture experiment three one drop of oil of vitriol being mixed with a pint of the same distilled water an ounce of this water was mixed with a teaspoonful of the syrup this mixture was very distinguishable in colour from the two former having a purplish cast which the others wanted experiment four the distilled water impregnated with so small a quantity of vitriolic acid having a more agreeable taste than when alone and yet manifesting the presence of an acid by means of the syrup of violets i subjected it to some other tests of acidity it formed curds when agitated with soap lathered with difficulty and very imperfectly but not the least ebullition could be discovered upon dropping in spirit of sal ammoniac or solution of salt of tartar though i had taken care to render the latter free from causticity by impregnating it with fixed air experiment five the distilled water saturated with fixed air neither effervesced nor showed any clouds when mixed with the fixed or volatile alkali experiment six no curd was formed by pouring this water upon an equal quantity of milk and boiling them together experiment seven when agitated with soap this water produced curds and lathered with some difficulty but not so much as the distilled water mixed with vitriolic acid in the very small proportion above mentioned the same distilled water without any impregnation of fixed air lathered with soap without the least previous curdling river water and a pleasant pump water not remarkably hard were compared with these the former produced curds before it lathered but not quite in so great a quantity as the distilled water impregnated with fixed air the latter caused a stronger curd than any of the others above mentioned experiment eight 
apprehending that the fixed air in the distilled water occasioned the coagulation or separation of the oily part of the soap only by destroying the causticity of the lixivium and thereby rendering the union less perfect betwixt that and the tallow and not by the presence of any acid i impregnated a fresh quantity of the same distilled water with fixed air which had passed through half a yard of a wide barometer tube filled with salt of tartar but this water caused the same curdling with soap as the former had done and appeared in every respect to be exactly the same experiment nine distilled water saturated with fixed air formed a white cloud and precipitation upon being mixed with a solution of saccharum saturni i found likewise that fixed air after passing through the tube filled with alkaline salt upon being let into a vial containing a solution of the metallic salt in distilled water caused a perfect separation of the lead in the form of a white powder for the water after this precipitation showed no cloudiness upon a fresh mixture of the substances which had before rendered it opaque end of number one number two a letter from mr hay to dr priestley concerning the effects of fixed air applied by way of clyster reverend sir having lately experienced the good effects of fixed air in a putrid fever applied in a manner i believe not heretofore made use of i thought it proper to inform you of the agreeable event as the method of applying this powerful corrector of putrefaction took its rise principally from your observations and experiments on factitious air and now at your request i send the particulars of the case i mentioned to you as far as concerns the administration of this remedy january eighth seventeen seventy two mr lightbound a young gentleman who lives with me was seized with a fever which after continuing about ten days began to be attended with those symptoms that indicate a putrescent state of the fluids eighteenth his tongue was black in the morning when i first visited him but the blackness went off in the daytime upon drinking he had begun to doze much the preceding day and now he took little notice of those that were about him his belly was loose and he had been so for some days his pulse beat one hundred ten strokes in a minute and was rather low he was ordered to take twenty-five grains of peruvian bark with one five of tormental root in powder every four hours and to use red wine and water cold as his common drink nineteen i was called to visit him early in the morning on account of a bleeding at the nose which had come on he lost about eight ounces of blood which was of a loose texture the hemorrhage was suppressed though not without some difficulty by means of tents made of soft lint dipped in a cold water strongly impregnated with tincture of iron which were introduced within the nostrils quite through to their posterior apertures a method which has never yet failed me in like cases his tongue was now covered with a thick black pellicle which was not diminished by drinking his teeth were furred with the same kind of sordid matter and even the roof of his mouth and sauces were not free from it his looseness and stupor continued and he was almost incessantly muttering to himself he took this day a scruple of the peruvian bark with ten grains of tormentil every two or three hours a starch clyster containing a drachm of the compound powder of bowl without opium was given morning and evening a window was set open in his room though it was a severe frost 
and the floor was frequently sprinkled with vinegar. 20th. He continued nearly in the same state. When roused from his dozing, he generally gave a sensible answer to the questions asked him, but he immediately relapsed, and repeated his muttering. His skin was dry and harsh, but without petechiae. He sometimes voided his urine and feces into the bed, but generally had sense enough to ask for the bedpan. As he now nauseated the bark in substance, it was exchanged for Huxham's tincture, of which he took a tablespoonful every two hours in a cup full of cold water. He drank sometimes a little of the tincture of roses, but his common liquors were red wine and water, or rice water and brandy, acidulated with elixir of vitriol. Before drinking, he was commonly requested to rinse his mouth with water, to which a little honey and vinegar had been added. His looseness rather increased, and the stools were watery, black, and fetid. It was judged necessary to moderate this discharge, which seemed to sink him, by mixing a drachm of the theriaca andromachi with each clyster. 21st. The same putrid symptoms remained, and a subsultus tendinum came on. His stools were more fetid, and so hot, that the nurses assured me she could not apply her hand to the bedpan, immediately after they were discharged, without feeling pain on this account. The medicine and clysters were repeated. Reflecting upon the disagreeable necessity we seem to lie under of confining this putrid matter in the intestines, lest the evacuation should destroy the vis vitae before there was time to correct its bad quality, and overcome its bad effects, by the means we were using, I considered that, if this putrid ferment could be more immediately corrected, a stop would probably be put to the flux, which seemed to arise from, or at least to be increased by it, and the foams of the disease would likewise be in a great measure removed. I thought nothing was so likely to affect this as the introduction of fixed air into the alimentary canal, which, from the experiments of Dr. McBride and those you have made since this publication, appears to be the most powerful corrector of putrefaction hitherto known. I recollected what you had recommended to me as deserving to be tried in putrid diseases, I mean the injection of this kind of air by way of clyster, and judged that in the present case such a method was clearly indicated. The next morning I mentioned my reflections to Dr. Hurd and Dr. Crowther, who kindly attended this young gentleman at my request, and proposed the following method of treatment, which, with their approbation, was immediately entered upon. We first gave him five grains of ipecacuana to evacuate in the most easy manner part of the putrid colovies. He was then allowed to drink freely of brisk orange wine, which contained a good deal of fixed air, yet had not lost its sweetness. The tincture of bark was continued as before, and the water which he drank along with it was impregnated with fixed air from the atmosphere of a large vat of fermenting wort, in the manner I had learned from you. Instead of the astringent clyster, air alone was injected, collected from a fermenting mixture of chalk and oil of vitriol. He drank a bottle of orange wine in the course of this day, but refused any other liquor except water and his medicine. Two bladders full of air were thrown up in the afternoon. 23rd. His stools were less frequent. Their heat likewise and peculiar fetor were considerably diminished. His muttering was much abated and the subsultus tendinum had left him. 
finding that part of the air was rejected when given with a bladder in the usual way i contrived a method of injecting it which was not so liable to this inconvenient i took the flexible tube of that instrument which is used for throwing up the fume of tobacco and tied a small bladder to the end of it that is connected with the box made for receiving the tobacco which i had previously taken off from the tube then i put some bits of chalk into a six ounce vial until it was half filled upon these i poured such a quantity of oil of vitriol as i thought capable of sustaining the chalk and immediately tied the bladder which i had fixed to the tube round the neck of the vial the clyster pipe which was fastened to the other end of the tube was introduced into the anus before the oil of vitriol was poured upon the chalk by this method the air passed gradually into the intestines as it was generated the rejection of it was in a great measure prevented and the inconvenience of keeping the patient uncovered during the operation was avoided twenty-fourth he was so much better that there seemed to be no necessity for repeating the clysters the other means were continued the window of his room was now kept shut twenty-fifth all the symptoms of putrescency had left him his tongue and teeth were clean there remained no unnatural blackness or fetor in his stool which had now regained their proper consistence his dozing and muttering were gone off and the disagreeable odour of his breath and perspiration was no longer perceived he took nourishment to-day with pleasure and in the afternoon sat up an hour in his chair his fever however did not immediately leave him but this we attributed to his having caught cold from being incautiously uncovered when the window was open and the weather extremely severe for a cough which had troubled him in some degree from the beginning increased and he became likewise very hoarse for several days his pulse at the same time growing quicker but these complaints also went off and he recovered without any return of the bad symptoms above mentioned i am reverend sir your obliged humble servant william hay postscript october twenty ninth seventeen seventy two fevers of the putrid kind have been so rare in this town and in its neighbourhood since the commencement of the present year that i have not had an opportunity of trying again the effects of fixed air given by way of clyster in any case exactly similar to mr lightbounds i have twice given water saturated with fixed air in a fever of the putrescent kind and it agreed very well with the patients to one of them the aerial clysters were administered on account of a looseness which attended the fever though the stools were not black nor remarkably hot or fetid these clysters did not remove the looseness though there was often a greater interval than usual betwixt the evacuations after the injection of them the patient never complained of any uneasy distension of the belly from the air thrown up which indeed is not to be wondered at considering how readily this kind of air is absorbed by aqueous and other fluids for which sufficient time was given by the gradual manner of injecting it both those patients recovered though the use of fixed air did not produce a crisis before the period at which such fevers usually terminate they had neither of them the opportunity of drinking such wine as mr lightbound took after the use of fixed air was entered upon and this probably was some disadvantage to them i find the methods of procuring fixed air 
and impregnating water with it, which you have published, are preferable to those I made use of in Mr. Lightbound's case. The flexible tube used for conveying the fume of tobacco into the intestines I find to be a very convenient instrument in this case, by the method before mentioned, only adding water to the chalk, before the oil of vitriol is instilled, as you direct, the injection of air may be continued at pleasure, without any other inconvenience to the patient, than what may arise from his continuing in one position during the operation, which scarcely deserves to be mentioned, or from the continuance of the clyster pipe within the anus, which is but trifling, if not be shaken much, or pushed against the rectum. When I said in my letter, that fixed air appeared to be the greatest corrector of putrefaction hitherto known, your philosophical researches had not then made you acquainted with that most remarkably antiseptic property of nitrous air. Since you favoured me with the view of some astonishing proofs of this, I have conceived hopes that this kind of air may likewise be applied medicinally to great advantage. William Hay End of number two